All right, it is Thursday morning here at Covenant Network. It's I, I suppose it's Thursday everywhere by now. Um, I don't think there are any time zones still on Wednesday, but definitely Thursday morning here. It is 7 a.m. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. I'm Adam Wright. Happy to be with you this morning. Let's get our morning started in prayer. We pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It is a uh, wonderful day today. It's a little rainy here. Mike Roberts is going to tell you a little bit more about that in a few minutes. But, uh, you know, it's still a a wonderful, wonderful day. Um, I like Thursdays. We get to do a lot on Thursdays. And for me, I'm going to be honest, it's my Friday today. I'm taking tomorrow off. So I'm happy. uh, One more day here in the office and, and then a little bit of weekend enjoyment for me. Today on the show, we are going to be hearing from Brian Miller, the Archdiocese of St. Louis, talking about the upcoming Catholic Men for Christ conference. And then we are also going to check in with Father Jeffrey Kirby. It's been a few weeks. We had the the Christmas break there. Uh, We're going to be talking about New Year's, well, one New Year's resolution in particular. I don't know if you do resolutions, and I realize we're almost two weeks into the new year, but, you know, we had a conference last week, and it it kind of feels like the first week of the new year here in the radio studio for me. So uh, we are going to talk about some 2023 goals, uh, one in particular with Father Kirby. All that and more on Roadmap to Heaven today. But First, let us go to Mike Roberts for today's weather. Today is the feast day of St. Marguerite Bourgeois. Born in France in the early 17th century, Marguerite joined the Confraternity of Notre Dame when she was in her mid-teens and soon became a teacher. She applied for entrance into the Carmelites but was not accepted. Not long after, the governor of the new French settlement in what is now Montreal met Marguerite while visiting France and his sister and asked her to come to Canada to start a new school. When she arrived in 1653, the settlement had just 200 people and no children, so she used her time and her efforts to build the first permanent church. Our Lady of Good Counsel. Eventually, children did come along, and Marguerite realized she'd need help, so she traveled back to France and recruited her friend, Catherine Crono, and two others. She was given a stone stable to teach her students in and started a school, going back to France a second time to recruit six more women to teach. Marguerite founded the Congregation of Notre Dame, and in addition to teaching, she and others provided care and housing for young women coming to the New World while interviewing the young men who hoped to marry them. She also started a school for indigenous girls. She once wrote, All I have ever desired is that the great precept of love of God above all things and of love of neighbor as oneself be written in every heart. She died on this day in 1700 at the age of 79. St. Marguerite Bourgeois, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Here's a little catequiz question for you today. 
Let's start with two catechist questions today. What are the two types of grace? Do you know the two types of grace? There is sanctifying grace, grace that gives us supernatural life. It's a sharing in the life of God himself. And there is actual grace. So that's, that's question number one. And then question number two, uh, which type of grace still can move in us even when we are in a state of mortal sin? And the answer to that one is actual grace. Even though a state of mortal sin takes us out of a state of sanctifying grace, uh, when we commit that mortal sin of you know grave matter, knowing full knowledge that it's grave matter and still choosing, willingly choosing to commit the sin anyway, takes us out of a state of sanctifying grace, puts us in a state of mortal sin, but God in his uh, goodness still will offer actual grace to move our souls to conversion that we might go to the sacrament of reconciliation and return to him. Grace is a wonderful, wonderful thing. I mean, without sanctifying grace, we would never be able to be with our Lord in heaven, and it's not something that we can merit on our own. It's not something we can produce on our own. It's not something we can, you know, acquire through some transaction. It is a gift of God that we can freely reject or we can freely accept. I love how Frank Sheed says this. He says, men we have seen have by God's will a destiny of which by nature they are incapable. We are to live the life of heaven, to see God direct, to know as we are known. We have to receive anew the, uh, we have to receive new powers in our souls which are not there by nature. And because this life is a preparation for the next, because the next life flows without break from this, we must receive these new powers in the soul here upon earth as received here the supernatural life the life of sanctifying grace does not produce its full flowering in giving us here and now the direct vision of god but it does lift the soul to new possibilities even in this life you're listening to roadmap to heaven stay tuned prayer before a crucifix good and sweetest jesus before thy face i humbly kneel and with the greatest fervor of spirit I pray and beseech thee to fix deep in my heart lively sentiments of faith, hope, and charity, true sorrow for my sins, and a firm purpose of amendment, while I consider thy five most precious wounds, having before my eyes the words of David the prophet concerning thee, my Jesus. They have pierced my hands and my feet. They have numbered all my bones." Well, it is a new year, and we are continuing to talk about new things, but one thing we're grateful for is the wonderful guests we have with us on Roadmap to Heaven. And here with us for the first time in the new year is Father Jeffrey Kirby. Father, it's good to have you with us today. Thank you, Adam. Happy New Year. Now, I know for the last week or so, many of our listeners have been with us at the Focus Seat Conference, and they're probably fired up about their faith still right now. For those who weren't, we're still in that period of saying, all right, New Year's resolutions, which ones am I going to keep? What did I make? What promises am I going with? And every year, there are many who say, this year, I would like to pray more. But what do I do? If only there were a resource for that or a book for that. You know, Father, that could just be very helpful for us. 
Yes, Adam, absolutely. And the great thing about it is we don't have to invent these books. Uh, so oftentimes, I remember as a young Christian, I, I had all these different prayers I liked, and I, I would photocopy them and, and, and cut and paste them. Like I had my own little prayer book and stuff, and I, you know, because I wanted to make sure I said certain prayers in the morning and certain prayers in the evening and so on. So you can imagine my shock later in life when I realized, wait a minute, the church has already done this. In fact, the church inherited a whole series of prayers offered actually seven times a day called the Liturgy of the Hours. And the Liturgy of the Hours is this rhythmic, beautiful praying, especially of the Psalms, but especially other parts of the written word of God, but predominantly the Psalms. And it's this rhythmic praying of the Psalms. Well, I, I was shocked, and, and perhaps some are now also being surprised, like, wait a minute, what? Do you mean the church actually has set prayers? Like, yes, absolutely. In fact, again, we inherit these from our, our Jewish forebears. Uh, now, it's seven times a day. We don't have to do that seven times a day. It's every three hours except midnight. But a lot of our religious uh, monks and sisters and so on, if they're cloistered and so on, they're, they're praying seven times a day for us. But a lot of times we can just pray like morning prayer and evening prayer in this set of prayers. But this is a beautiful part of our tradition. If I can just say this, Adam, one of the expressed calls of the Second Vatican Council, I mean, expressed calls of Vatican II, was that the liturgy of the hours be restored to the baptized, especially to the Christian family. I know I think of it so often as, well, who prays the, the divine office or the liturgy of the hours? That's for the, the priests and the deacons and the religious. And and I love that we do have so many beautiful cloistered orders, the, the monasteries, whether it's the men or the women that are praying unceasingly for the church throughout the world. But again, it's not limited to those groups. It's not limited to you, the priests, uh, to the That's deacons, right. or, or to the religious. I can pray it too. And Father, one of the other things I love about the Liturgy of the Hours is some of the constancy it brings. As, as you said, there's a lot of variation. We go through the entire Psalter in the course of praying it, but every day we pray the Canticle of Zechariah, and every right. evening we pray the Magnificat, and every night at night prayer or Compline, we pray that beautiful prayer, the Nuke Dimittis, now let your servant mm-hmm. go in peace. Yes, amen, amen. I tell you, um, the great thing about the Liturgy of the Hours, uh, for, for any vocation, I know for my priestly vocation, it peppers my day with the presence of God, and it reminds me on, on a regular basis that God is in charge, His providence is taking care of me. So the realization that when we pray morning prayer, evening prayer, night prayer, and so on, uh, whatever parts of the liturgy of the hours we might be able to, that when we pray that, we're praying it with the entire church. So every other believer who's praying, their prayers are united with me, or any person who's praying the liturgy of the hours. So the Holy Father in Rome is praying this. Uh, our, our beloved religious are praying this. Other Christians are praying this. Our, our parish priest is praying this. So that we are united with the entire body of Christ on earth. And, and, and then get this, when we're praying the liturgy of the hours, because that rhythmic praying of the Psalms that we received, we received that from our Jewish forebears, these are the Psalms that the Lord Jesus prayed to the Father. So our tradition says, not only are we united with the entire church, we are united with the prayers of the Lord Jesus to the Father when we pray the Psalms, especially in the Liturgy of the Hours. So when we read the gospel and the Lord goes to the synagogue for prayer and he's going to the synagogue, he's going there for the Liturgy of the Hours. And then, of course, you know, for the celebration of the Sabbath, there are times outside the Sabbath that the Lord is visiting the synagogue. What's he doing there? They're praying the Liturgy of the Hours, right? And the Acts of the Apostles, we see they go to the temple for the ninth hour. They go to the temple for the sixth hour. And so that's the Liturgy of the Hours. Right? So, so this is literally a connection. We can imagine some almost 7,000 years 
if you want to trace this all the way back, you know, even as far as Father Abraham, that almost 7,000 years and variations, we are united in prayer. You know, just to add to that, as a uh, former church musician, and especially with a love for Gregorian chant and that treasury we have, um, I had two chant professors who illustrated for us, not just did our Lord pray the psalms that we pray when we pray the hours, but really you can trace the Gregorian melodies when you think of Gregorian chant back to the Jewish melodies that our Lord would sing. So when we say you sing the psalm in this tone, well, mm. that's very close to the same tone that our Lord would have used when he prayed the psalms. So we can really, you know, sing like our Lord in a sense yes. as well when we pray. Father, oh. one of the things I know about Liturgy of the Hours, when you pray, there's an invitation, a, a phrase that we pray, Lord, open my lips. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, yes. Um, so you can imagine like every uh, every time we, we begin a, a specific hour, it's like, you know, you know, God come to my assistance, Lord, my case to help me. And then um, before that, we, we pray especially that the Lord will bless us, our, our lips and so on. We actually trace the cross on our lips as, as we pray this. And these actually go all the way back to, we, we're not actually even sure how far back they go. So we definitely know they go back to the time of the early monastic tradition, that they would begin these prayers, the hours with specific prayers. So the Desert Father Cassian, we know some of these prayers are attributed to him, but even then we think he was just continuing what was already given to him. But the idea of these is just that we begin to pray. We say, Lord, bless our lips that we just do this well. And then come to our assistance because we don't, as St. Paul says in Romans, we don't pray as we ought. We don't know how to pray as we ought. And, and so even before, as we're approaching the Liturgy of the Hours, there's these acts of humility and deference. You know, but we're about to be united and be a part of something that's so far above us. And yet we need the help even to, to get in there, to, to be a part of it and, and to do it well. So I, I love the Liturgy of the Hours uh, for, for many reasons, but uh, one, you know, a reason in, in this this spirit is uh, it humbles me. Uh, you know, when, when I'm, I'm praying the Liturgy of the Hours, it, it's not about me. You know, it, it's not about my talents, my abilities, or, or my pastoral leadership, or it's nothing. I, I become a member of the church, a sinner before God in the midst of the body of Christ, asking for the graces of redemption. And, and I love that because it puts me in my place and reminds me of the first posture I have before God, a sinner seeking redemption within the body of Christ. That's really eye-opening, Father, because, I mean, I would think, well, you're a priest. You you know how to pray. You should know how to pray. And yet that whole idea that even you can't pray well if the Lord doesn't give you the grace to pray well, that it's an action that first starts with him, and he invites you and I and all of our listeners to be part of, but we cannot even do it well without his assistance. Amen, amen. And so if there, if there are parents who feel just distressed and, and, and pulled in multiple directions, they say, we, we can't do this. Like, I want to encourage, you know, every Christian, and especially the Christian family, to, you know, re, retrieve and rediscover the Liturgy of the Hours. Uh, there, there was a reason why the Holy Spirit through Vatican II said, we really need to get this back into the trenches with the people of God. This was never meant to be the, the, the private spirituality of, of priests and religious uh, this is to be the prayer of the entire people of God. Uh, I love seeing where some parishes have actually started Vespers again in the evening, or some parishes try to do like, you know, morning prayer before morning mass and so on. So I, I think whatever can be done, there are more and more resources coming out. I just want to encourage people. This is a great help to us living on our faith. 
A little fun fact for all of you listening today, the rosary is sometimes referred to as the Psalter of Our Lady. Why? Because the rosary that was given by the Blessed Mother to St. Dominic contained 150 prayers if you prayed all three sets of mystery, and there are 150 psalms. And so start there. If you're intimidated by praying the Liturgy of the Hours, we'll get that daily rosary going as well, and then maybe pick up one of the hours throughout the day. And, I mean, if you start praying morning prayer, evening prayer, and Compline, just three of the seven hours, and your daily rosary, think of how many prayers you are adding to your discipline this year that you wouldn't have been praying before. I'm not even going to try to do math this morning. It's not going to go well for anyone, (laughs) um, but that's the reality. Father, I want to thank you for this encouragement today. Could I ask you to close out our time together with a prayer? Yes, let, let us pray. Father, you are the Lord of all seasons, of all times. You bless us. You are constantly present to us. Your providence abounds as you seek to care for us. We ask that you allow us to know of your presence. May you continue to bless us, encourage us, sustain us. May you lift up our spirits. And we ask these all good good things through Christ our Lord. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Well, Father Kirby, thank you so much for being with us as we kick off the new year here on Roadmap to Heaven. It's always a joy to speak with you. Thank you, Adam. God bless you. Anima Christi, soul of Christ, sanctify me. Body of Christ, save me. Blood of Christ, inebriate me. Water from the side of Christ, wash me. Passion of Christ, strengthen me. O good Jesus, hear me. Within thy wounds, hide me. Suffer me not to be separated from thee. From the malignant enemy, defend me. In the hour of my death, call me, and bid me come to thee, that with thy saints I may praise thee forever and ever. Amen. Attention men, this part of Roadmap to Heaven is especially for us today. Uh, Ladies, you can listen too. It'll be good for you as well. But we are joined by Brian Miller, who is the Director of Evangelization. Do I get, your title's changed a couple times. Did I get that right, Brian? Director of Evangelization and Discipleship. All right. So meeting well, Jesus and then walking with him. Perfect. D- Brian Miller's with us today. We are talking about the Catholic Men for Christ Conference coming up in February, February 18th here in St. Louis. The, the topic is transformed, but really we're going to be talking about why men need to be growing in spirituality with other men today. So, Brian, it's always great to have you with us on Roadmap to Heaven. Welcome back, sir. Glad to be here. All right, so transformed. Right from Scripture, Romans 12, verse 2, is the root of the conference. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that you may prove what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. And I just... Maybe this is like a selfish conference theme because this has been one of my favorite verses for a long time. Uh, when we were missionaries with Focus, we had uh, memory verses, different verses we had to memorize um, as part of the training. And this was one of them. And it has stuck with me. It has been uh, just a constant call in my own life. I just think there's just such a huge temptation uh, to be of the world and to try to be normal and um you know, I'm not very good at being normal, as you well know. Um, but I, I think we we want to try to be the kind of Christian that just fits in with the world and like makes a gentle invitation to Jesus, right? 
But there are moments and there are times when to be a Christian is very countercultural. And that to be a Christian also leaves you very different than you ever were before that. So if you meet Jesus and don't change, you haven't actually done the discipleship part, right? You haven't actually been fully evangelized. So the call is for men uh, to realize who God is calling them to be and how that's different than what the world tells us we're called to be. It doesn't mean that we hate the world. It doesn't mean that we want to you know, go out and, and uh, stand on every street corner and tell everyone they're going to hell. But we have to realize where we're called to be a little bit different. Right. I, I mean, so the last few weeks we've been talking a lot about uh, Pope Benedict, who recently passed away, and that, that quote has resurfaced multiple times. Uh, the world offers you comfort, but you were not made for comfort. You were made for greatness. And I mean, what guy out there hasn't watched Braveheart and said, I want to be William Wallace, right? Uh, I remember when we were in high school youth group together, a lot of us were like, I want to be the next William Wallace. I may have even put blue paint on my face at one point. Um, and that brings us to our next point. We just came off the Focus C conference, and I'm still energized. I know a lot of people are. It was a great conference, and it was men and women together. But we're talking specifically today about men being with men and the transforming power of that. Why is that important? I mean, why not just have another great conference that's opened up to everyone here? Yeah, men are they're really important for the family unit, for society, for leadership. Um, and I think that a lot of times we want to we want to let men off the hook in our culture, right? So, you know, we've we've heard this on the news before. Like, oh, it's just locker room talk, or it's just guys being guys. Well, we know that when men respond to the call, that they're called to lead, and we're called to lead in servant leadership. We're called to lead in a way that is to lay our life down for our family, as Christ did for the church, as we read in Ephesians. And I just think that. We hear about that a lot in terms of like business leadership or secular, like the man who's climbing the corporate ladder and, and doing the job and all those things. Um, but we haven't really, I don't think we've really challenged ourselves as men, as a church, to really respond to what the Lord wants of each one of us. And I think we know just from personal experience that when you go to your parish, you show up and you look at who's leading so many of these wonderful ministries and organizations and Bible studies, all these things. It's the ladies of the parish that men have abdicated their role of leadership and responsibility in their own families spiritually. They've also done it at the parish level, that, that 70% of the women who, people who show up at the parish are women. And I think as we've done our surveys in the archdiocese, if we've done our work in the archdiocese, we know that the women tend to be more engaged spiritually and in the leadership of the church and um, on so many different levels. So we have to do a good job of calling men um, just to look internally at themselves and saying, am I being the man that God is calling me to be? I look back at so many of the transformative, speaking of transform, transformative moments in my spiritual journey from being a punk teenager until now. And I mean, my wife calls me to holiness every day. And there are so many great women in the church who have been great examples and great reminders of what God is calling us to and how we are to live. But looking back, Brian, especially when it comes to things like chastity, the dignity of women, how we are to act as leaders. There's something about being with other men, you know, that term band of brothers gets used a lot that I think the times I was most energized to say, you know what, I am going to strive to live a life of chastity. When I was united with whether it was five, 10, a hundred or a thousand brothers saying, we're all going to strive for the same thing. We're not going to be the cultural man. We're not going to be the one that everybody's, you know, saying, oh, we need less of that. We're going to be the men that God has called us to be. And, you know, again, going back to what you're saying, you don't necessarily want to stick out. Uh, we, we really want all the men 
to be holy, and it's a lot easier to be holy when you're surrounded with other men who are striving to be holy. Yeah, I'm sure uh, you saw, and I'm sure many of our listeners today saw, the great article in the Catholic St. Louis magazine last month of the chain of discipleship. It's got a picture of Steve Schaefer standing on the cover holding a cinder block, right? And it was about it was an article about how Steve, who's a parishioner at Mary Queen of Peace, is involved in this workout group called F3. Not a Catholic group per se, but it's an organization that has really the same mission of what we're trying to do, which is inspire men to greatness. They do it through physical fitness and fellowship, and then through the act of service and faith and believing in something bigger than yourself. Uh, men bond side by side. When we, when we get in the trenches together, when we're fighting together, when we're battling together, and what I've seen, because I'm, I'm a member of that too, I, uh, I work out pretty regularly, as you can tell, um, that what I've seen is that when men are challenged, they rise up to that occasion. And I just don't think we've done a great job as a church of inviting those men in to respond to that challenge and giving them something to live up to. All right. If you're a man listening today and you say, you know what, I do want to rise up to that challenge, February 18th. St. Louis University High School at 4970 Oakland Avenue in the Psy Commons. I know that. I, I kind of went there every day for four years. Um, that's the Catholic Men's for Christ Conference. We have coming to that Hector Molina, uh, Marcel Lejeune, and Deacon James Keating, who's from Kenrick Glennon Seminary. Archbishop Mitchell Rosansky will be offering Holy Mass for the men. Brian, where can our listeners go to register? They can check out catholicmenforchrist.org. It has all the information on there, FAQs, conference schedule, the lineup about the speakers who are coming. Uh, And really, you want to get on there quickly because we have an early bird special through January 18th. You can register for $30. So it's really a phenomenal conference uh, for $30, Uh, a a great value. Still a good value at the regular $40 rate too. So if you miss the early bird, we'd, we'd still like you to sign up. Um, but January 18th is the deadline for that. And, um, you know, this conference last year was the first time we've done it in a few years. And it was the first time a lot of these guys who came had been in a room like this kind of after COVID, after a lot of isolation, after a lot of canceled events and things. And I was, I was really moved that day just by the spirit of the room, by the spirit of the men who were there, by their openness, by their vulnerability, and just by their spirit of kind of what they wanted to get out of the day. And uh, it was amazing. It was powerful. I cannot wait to do it again. And then, of course, the next month we'll invite the ladies. They are important, too. I know we're talking a lot about men, but the next month, March 11th, is Catholic Women for Christ. I'm sure we'll come back in to talk more about that later, but we want to invest in all those people in our Archdiocese. I am confident that we're going to come back to talk about Catholic Women for Christ. But ladies listening, if you want to give a gift to that special man in your life, uh, perhaps for Valentine's Day, get him a registration for this conference, which is right after Valentine's Day, and then men, turn around and return that favor. Get that special woman in your life a registration to Catholic Women for Christ. Brian Miller, I want to thank you for being with us on Roadmap to Heaven. We're going to take a break. Stay tuned. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A prayer for the Archbishop. Heavenly Father, in these trying times when the spirit of the age threatens Christian values, give our Bishop holiness of life and wisdom to direct and guide our Archdiocesan family so that we may grow in your love. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, as we... 
prepare to wrap up today. We want to thank you for listening, and we've got a couple things to put on your radar screen. Marriage Encounter is coming up, and also I have been told there's going to be a wonderful thing on Eucharistic Miracles coming to the St. Louis area next month. You're going to have to stay tuned for that and more. But let's get you one final check of the weather here today, the Daily Dose of Encouragement, and then we'll wrap up after this. One of the best things about this week talking about heroes on the Daily Dose of Encouragement is we're talking about everyday, ordinary people who are heroes among us. And here with another hero or two is Patty Schneier. Well, I've been naming some names this week as I've talked about people who bring beauty to the world, people who bring truth to the world, people who have overcome obstacles. Today, I don't think I'm going to name any names because there are so many of you out there. And I can honestly say that people who are pro-life warriors— are my heroes. No doubt about it. It's young mothers and fathers choosing sacramental marriage, choosing to be open to life, choosing to raise children in the church. You are my heroes. Who do you know who is doing this? Send that person a text or a note of encouragement. Maybe it's a family you see every Sunday at Mass and you've never talked to them. Stop after Mass and tell them that you are inspired by their beautiful family. Also, the unwed mother who chose to give life to her baby. And I do know a number of them. Um, Two come to my mind. Again, I'm not going to name any names, but one is a college student or was a college student seven years ago. This young girl, with the help of her parents, chose life for her baby, and she continued her college education. She is now in medical school. Her daughter is seven years old, and she is engaged to be married this coming summer. She is one of my heroes. Another mom, I don't know her name, but I know her story. She changed her mind after taking the first dose of the abortion pill. She found a pro-life doctor who started her on high doses of progesterone to reverse the effects of the abortion pill. And that baby girl survived, again, against all odds, and she's now one years old. That mom and all pro-life doctors are my heroes. So today I just want to thank any and all of you who do anything to promote the sanctity of human life. You are my heroes. And if you know people who are doing this incredible work, thank them. I wish I had a cape to give every one of these heroes you keep naming this week. We'd be handing out capes left and right. Patty, thank you for today's dose of encouragement. You know, we all want to aspire to that greatness that we're called to. And as I've been listening uh, to the Daily Dose of Encouragement this week and talking with Patty about those heroes and, you know, going back to the conversation Brian and I had in that comment I made about we watch Braveheart men and we want to be like William Wallace. Uh, You know, whoever your hero is, one of the things that I have found key in life are the relationships that I foster. When I am around People striving for the same goal, men and women alike, that we're all seeking to grow in holiness. We're all striving to grow closer to our Lord, to live out what our Lord is calling us to, to heed the words of the Blessed Mother, especially in that call to pray the daily rosary. Um, When I'm surrounded with those people, I do a better job of living out holiness. When I am surrounded by those who are not on mission, it's a lot of pressure to maybe set aside the call to holiness just for the sake of not sticking out. But, you know, here's the thing. If I'm going to have the grace to live my faith in the times when I'm not surrounded by people on the same mission, when it's not comfortable, 
I better be working hard to live that way when it is comfortable and when I am surrounded by those people. Now, first and foremost, I can't do it on my own. And grace, as we've said a couple times today, free gift from God that I am free to reject and free to accept, but I am not the source of grace. I don't do anything on my own to, uh, you know, create grace. Grace comes from God and I need it. And it's in those times that we are at our best that we are training for the days that will be hardest. Um, So I'll say it again. You want to grow in holiness, surround yourself with holy people. You want to have a great marriage, surround yourself with people who have great marriages. You want to be a hero of the faith, surround yourself with others who want to be heroes of the faith. And that's not just limited to our brothers and sisters here on earth. Let's surround ourselves with the saints, the writings of the saints, especially find your patron saint. Find that saint that speaks to you. There are so many different ones, and they all have different different ways of taking us to our Lord. So find that saint that resonates with you and read, read, read what they had to say. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. Saint Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. We're going to have Holy Mass for you tomorrow morning. Uh, I'll be enjoying a day off, but I'll be back with you Monday morning for the next episode of Roadmap to Heaven. In the meantime, if you want to get some more Roadmap to Heaven, be sure to check out the podcast wherever you get your podcast or at ourcatholicradio.org slash programs. Until next time, I'm Adam Wright. Pray your rosary today.